Now, some of the stuff we eat is not food. Some of the stuff we eat are processed, edible substances, but not really food in my book. But you'll rarely, if ever, hear me talk about foods being good or bad because that ties an emotional stigma, if you will, to eating, and I think we already have plenty of that in our society today. Hi, and welcome to the Solving Type 2 Diabetes Podcast. I'm Tom, and I'll be your host as I share what I'm doing in my daily life to solve my type 2 diabetes. Listen in as I share the food, movement, and tools that I'm using each day. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. For a full transcript or to follow the Solving Type 2 Diabetes podcast on social media, please head over to solvingtype2diabetes.com for all those links and more. Now, on to the show. I hope you have had an absolutely fabulous week. I know I've had a very good week. This week, I was on the Enchantment of the Seas. So last week's episode, I actually recorded while on board, and uh, that was last Saturday. And now I've been home for a couple of days, but uh, the majority of this week was spent cruising on board the Enchantment of the Seas, one of Royal Caribbean ships. And we went down to the Bahamas. We visited Nassau. Along the way, we stopped in Charleston, South Carolina, and also Port Canaveral. They call it Orlando, but it's actually well over an hour away from Orlando. The ship, of course, doesn't go inland. It stays on the water. So we stop at Port Canaveral. It was a really nice cruise, had some fun, great entertainment. The entertainment is really back in full swing now. No more staffing shortages from what I can see. In fact, I asked a couple of crew members if they had everybody on board that they were supposed to, and they said, yes, we're fully staffed now, which is great because certainly they are fully booked. So it was a full cruise, and the bartending staff was great. I enjoyed my Tito's and Sprite Zero. That is my current favorite, zero carbs, and I guess it's about 75 calories per drink. Coming from the Tito's, nothing comes from the Sprite Zero, but to me it's tasty. I like it with some lime, and it really it really makes those evenings great on board. And I spent a little bit of time in the casino. Just a couple of hours and walked away with a little bit less than what I came in with, but not too bad at all. My game of choice is roulette, and uh, because it takes no skill, it is pure chance. I can't feel bad about losing or shouldn't really congratulate myself on winning because it really is pure chance. Unlike poker or blackjack even, which takes some skill, I don't have any skill, so I just stick with a roulette. Anyway, came back home, and this uh, cruise left out of Baltimore. So came back home and uh, really enjoyed getting back out on my favorite local rail trail for my long walks, the Lebanon Valley Rails to Trails. And that's only about a 10-minute drive from my house. So that's very convenient. I like it. It's hunting season now. So of course, I have to get out there with my safety orange. I got my orange jacket. I got my uh, reflective vest. I have an orange hat. In fact, when we moved back to here to Pennsylvania a couple years ago, I got all kinds of orange hats. I've got a baseball cap. I've got a knit beanie. I've got what we call here in the family a wolfman hat. It is the fur-lined, or in this case, it's fake, but it's polyester, but it looks like fur-lined red hat. 
so I've got all those for hunting season. The other thing I did this week when I got home was I started a new medication and I've talked about it a lot and I think uh, we're going to talk about it more in detail later, but I started using Manjaro and that is a brand new drug. It's only been approved for type 2 diabetes since May of this year. I thought, hey, you know what? I've talked about this a lot. I've read about this a lot. I've listened to podcasts on it. And if you don't listen to this podcast, it's called uh, Docs Who Lift. And one of my daughters shared that with me, and it's very interesting. But there are two physicians, and they talk about the various types of medications you can use for type 2 diabetes. One is an endocrinologist, so he does specialize in things like type 2 diabetes or type 1 diabetes. The other is a general family practice physician who does specialize in weight loss. So they have a really interesting podcast called Docs Who Lift. Anyway, I'm going to talk about the uh, Manjaro later on in the episode. So let's look at my numbers for this week. My rings, my Apple Watch rings, I think you know there's three rings, one for standing, one for movement, and one for exercise. And when you complete your goals, then you close your rings. So there's three rings. This past week, I closed my rings six of the seven days, which is great. I don't usually go for perfection. Sometimes I accidentally hit it and will close all seven days. But to me, five or six out of the seven days is great. I go for consistency, not perfection. The one day I did not close it was the last full day of the cruise, and we were coming up north and left all that nice weather behind. So the ship was rocking. They had the outer decks closed due to some very intense wind. And uh, so my choices were doing the treadmill or the gym while the ship was rocking or walk the hallways. And honestly, I did walk the hallways. I did a mile or so in the hallways. But that was not enough to close my rings. So six out of seven. With regards to the workouts, while I was on the cruise ship, I did a lot of stairs. I would up and down the corridors, going to various places, but I always try to incorporate stairs. So one day, I think it recorded me doing 15 flights of stairs. That was part of my workout this week. Don't need to buy a Stairmaster when you have 10 flights of stairs right outside your room. And of course, I got in some good walks. Now, one of the things I'm looking for this week, and uh, now that I'm going to say it here, I'm going to have to do it, is uh, I want to get some stretching and yoga and that type of uh, mobility workout in along with my walks. I'm having problems with my right IT band, and that is, uh, I don't know what it is. It's a tendon or something, but it goes from your hip to your knee. It's on the exterior, I guess they would say lateral part of the leg. And mine has been extremely tight. I've had that issue before when I was doing a lot of running. And now that I'm getting in some really nice long walks, I tend to be having that issue again. So I'm going to get some yoga in there. And I know what helps me, believe it or not, when I'm in the car, like with my Uber, I will get a lacrosse ball and I'll put that lacrosse ball between the side of the bucket seat and my hip. And I'll move it a little different places every couple of minutes. And eventually, after 10, 15 minutes of that, and it helps, it takes away that pain for a while. All right, so for my glucose, my seven-day average 24-7 glucose reading was 106. 
and that equates to an A1C in the low 5 range. I didn't look that up, honestly, before I started recording here, but it's in the low 5s, which is fabulous. I like that. And the way I did that this week on the cruise ship especially was no bread, no snacks, no desserts. So with my meals, I would tell them not to bring a basket of bread. I told them that in the beginning, and then I had no issues the rest of the week. No bread on the table. You don't eat it then if you don't have it. And then also I did myself a favor of not eating between meals. I ate breakfast and dinner every day. Some days I had lunch. Some days I wasn't hungry for it, to tell you the truth. But I had no snacks in between my two or three meals each day. And then when I did have a meal, I skipped the desserts. I just see no purpose in it. I've had cruise ship desserts before. And frankly, to me, the desserts are not the best part of what they prepare on the cruise ships. So I just skipped it. And I was rewarded with an average A blood glucose level of 106. Fabulous. So my body fat percentage. Uh, I stepped on the scale when I got home the morning after, and my body fat percentage was 26.0. 26.0. Now, if you remember the last time I stepped on the scale, I think it was maybe a couple of weeks ago, my reading was 26.5. So that body fat percentage of 0.5 difference is just a little bit more than one pound of fat that I actually lost on a seven-day cruise. So you hear people saying all the time about, oh, you go on a cruise, you're going to gain 15, 20 pounds. You don't have to. Eating every single day, everything I wanted, never going hungry, I actually lost a pound of fat on a seven-day cruise. So it can be done. Looking at my macros, they were actually spot on. My carbohydrate intake for the week was at 15%, and that is my goal. The protein was at 25%, and that is my goal. That equated to about 130, 140 protein grams a day. And with carbs, they stayed well below 80 grams a day. So just great numbers this week. So... Let me give you this Manjaro update. I think I'm going to include this now as part of the podcast. And I'm going to give you this Manjaro update every week here. I'm also producing some reels and some shorts. The reels are on Instagram and Facebook and the shorts are on YouTube. So you can follow me there if you want. Not every day, but every few days. I'm going to give a short 60-second update there as well. Anyway, I decided to test this medication. Now, it is prescribed for folks with type 2 diabetes, so I certainly qualify, and I've been reading about it so much. I have been researching. I've been looking at the studies, some of which we've discussed here, and I said, you know what? I'm going to try it. Things are going fairly well for me. I am working on losing body fat, and I do want to keep my blood sugar numbers in the very healthy range, and this medication is being called a game changer. This medication, they say, has a tremendous side benefit of allowing you to more easily lose body fat. Now, how do they do that? What they say is that this medication reduces your appetite. So in addition to directly impacting your blood sugar levels by signaling the liver to produce less blood sugar. It also reduces or delays your emptying of your stomach as you eat. So this delay in emptying of your stomach, and when I say emptying, food passes from your stomach into your small intestine. So it slows it down. And what they say what this does is to keep you feeling more full longer 
and that you are less likely to want to eat again immediately after you've just eaten something to begin with. Okay, I'm going to try this out. That sounds like it might help me. So I used this place, believe it or not, that I found on Instagram called Join Sequence. Now, the medical director of this program is also the physician who's on the Doctors Who Lift podcast. And I've listened to him for the past several months on this podcast. And so I get a feel for what they're going for here. And this program is staffed by real doctors and dietitians who work with you. Now, it does cost money. This program just to be part of the program. And with that, you get your medical consultations, you get your discussions with your dietitians. That costs $99 a month. Now, it's possible that I could have gone, made an appointment with my regular doctor and tried to speak with her about adding this Manjaro from her. But just like with my continuous glucose monitor, I found it easier just to go out and do it myself. So that's what I did. Now, when I have my next appointment, which is not until May with my doctor, I will tell her and let her know that I've been taking this Manjaro. And I don't want to keep any secrets. I want her to be fully aware of all the medications I'm taking. But this is not one that I got prescribed through my normal doctor. This is one that I got prescribed through the doctors at Join Sequence. What it is a weekly injection. You get these little pens and under the cap, they have a little needle and you press a button, and you just inject this, and the needle, which stays in for about 10 seconds to deliver the medication, is no larger than the needle that I use for my continuous glucose monitor. Now, with a CGM, the needle just is used to place the filament. The filament is what stays in with your continuous glucose monitor. But this needle goes in, stays in for a few seconds, and then comes back out, and I honestly did not feel a thing. It was uh, very easy, simple, cleaned the piece of skin with the alcohol prep and injected it and then threw it away. So I have not felt any side effects, no adverse side effects. It's only been two days. And these first doses are very low. It's only two and a half milligrams of the actual medication delivered through this injection. So this is just supposed to get your body slowly used to having this medication in the system. It takes a while to work. So the first full month, the first four injections are just this small two and a half milligram dose. But then with the fifth week, you upgrade to five milligrams. And then if it's needed, you can upgrade to seven and a half or 10 or even 15 milligrams. So right now at two and a half milligrams, I don't really expect much. I'm glad there's no side effects. And I will keep you posted on how this works. And we'll talk about it in future podcasts as well. So my challenge for this week, and I talked about this last week to tell you the truth. My challenge was, as I mentioned, getting in movement before I Uber. Now, my favorite time to get out for one of my long walks is mid-afternoon, especially in the winter because mid-afternoon is usually the warmest part of the day. And yesterday... I had decided that I was going to Uber in the afternoon. So I actually got out and got my long walk in. It was over four miles and I got it in the morning. I watched my news shows and then I went out and got in my long walk in the morning. And yeah, it was a little brisk. It was about, I don't know, 35, but I dressed warmly and I got out there and did it. And then I felt great, honestly, being in the Uber that afternoon. 
because it allowed me to close my rings that day. So I'm going to call that a win. I've proven myself, and I usually like things to be perfect before I get my movement in, but I have proven to myself that I can, in fact, even at my old age, be a little flexible. And so now I have it in my head that I will do that movement and close my move ring before I Uber. Well, let's take a look at the news this week. This first article is called, What to Know About Managing Weight to Prevent Type 2 Diabetes. Now, they start off in this article giving us a good reminder that 37 million people in the U.S. have diabetes. And they say here that this is no great surprise given the current obesity epidemic that we have in the U.S. Because obesity, they say, is a major risk factor for type 2 diabetes. In fact, some people say that type 2 diabetes is merely a symptom of having obesity. So they have five key recommendations here, and this is from the American Diabetes Prevention Guide. Five key recommendations. The first is to know the goal for your lifestyle changes. What they're saying is that you should attempt to achieve at least a 5% weight loss. They said, of course, additional weight loss can result in further improvements, but that 5% is significant for actually producing noticeable improvements. They say that you should consider counseling. So either group counseling, one-on-one counseling, but they're saying that people that have counseling combined with their own weight loss attempts have a much higher success rate. They say you should get help as needed from pharmacology, in other words, for medications. And they're saying that, again, the people that have a BMI of 27 with type 2 diabetes, they're generally approved for several medications now. And we just talked about the one that I've started, the Manjaro. So they also say that there's other medications out there, of course, but don't discount medication help if you're trying to lose weight with your type 2 diabetes. They finally say here, that if all else fails, consider surgery. It's a very highly demonstrated fact that those people who had type 2 diabetes and obesity are often able to completely put both into remission after metabolic surgery. Now, a lot of people do find that after a period of years, they actually gain some of that weight back. But that's typical with almost any diet or any tool that you use to lower your weight. Because the fact of the matter is, if you stop doing what it was that helped you lose the excess fat, then you're likely to go back to your old habits. And the basic thing here is that it's your habits that can contribute dramatically to obesity. So as long as you keep those in a healthy manner, you're more likely to keep the weight off. So that's the first article here that I thought was a very uh, great interest here. The second one, low-carb diet may be better than counting calories for diabetes. So they've done, of course, more studies, and there's a link to this study in the article. And what they're saying is that those people who did not restrict their calories but simply restricted the amount of carbohydrate, and I'm not talking about carbs from veggies. I'm talking about carbs from bread, cookies, crackers, cakes, pies, 
that type of thing. But what they say is that by restricting those, they had a much greater success rate than those people that just simply restricted calories. And in fact, with the low-carb group, they did not have any calorie restriction whatsoever. And uh, they say it also helps with uh, your cholesterol and things like that. So if you're interested in low-carb, and I am, that's how I do it, this article might be good for you. This third article here is um, pretty standard. It's one of the types of articles that we cover quite often here. It's called How to Manage Type 2 Diabetes with Hyperglycemia. Now, what's hyperglycemia? Hyperglycemia is high blood sugar. So we all understand that. That is the definition of type 2 diabetes. And what they say here is that the main problem, and I think we probably by now understand that, is insulin resistance. And they have a very good definition here. And it says, insulin resistance is a condition in which the body makes insulin, but the cells don't respond normally to it. Higher and higher levels of insulin are required for glucose to enter the cells. And over time, blood sugar builds up in the blood. Some risk factors for insulin resistance are obesity, sedentary lifestyle, and of course, family history. So this is a very good article here. It talks about symptoms of hyperglycemia, the risk factors, complications, treatment. And the treatment is things we talk about all the time. It's the movement, the helpful eating, and medications that can help with the type 2 diabetes. They also say, of course, lifestyle. And like I just mentioned, diet and medication. So this is a very good article. It gives the basics of type 2 diabetes management. If you want to share that with someone, this would be a very good article to share with them. Finally, and I'm into CrossFit a little bit, and I really am a great proponent of CrossFit. I think it's a fabulous type of movement. But it goes on here to say, it talks about a woman, and her name is Jody Reed. Says Jody Reed credits CrossFit and diet for reversing her diabetes diagnosis after several failed attempts. So here's just a success story that shows that someone with lifestyle changes um, were able to completely put their type 2 diabetes into remission. She said that originally she was 40 to 50 pounds overweight. She got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And she was told that lifestyle changes could help her. And then what she did was got hooked up through a friend into a CrossFit gym. And in this CrossFit gym, they taught her about nutrition as well as movement. And she completely got herself into remission. She lost the excess fat and her blood sugar levels are uh, back to normal, which is a fabulous success story. So those are the articles that are in the news this week, as always. These links to these news articles will be in the show notes, as well as over on the website, solvingtype2diabetes.com. All right, let's talk about our main topic today. So this is a bit of a teaser. Are carbs good or bad? So I have to tell you, I don't think any food is good or bad. In fact, I don't even like using the terms good or bad when talking about food. Now, some of the stuff we eat is not food. Some of the stuff we eat are processed, edible substances, but not really food in my book. But you'll rarely, if ever, hear me talk about foods being good or bad because that ties an emotional stigma, if you will, to eating, and I think we already have plenty of that in our society today. So I think food is food. 
I often say, just eat real food. If it had a mother uh, or it was grown on a farm or in the woods or on a ranch, eat it. If it was made by factory and could survive a year or so on your shelf, it's probably not real food. Skip it. But let's talk about carbohydrates. So carbohydrates aren't all the same. It's been my experience, and I should preface this, I am not a nutritionist. I keep saying this. I'm not a physician. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a dietitian. I'm simply relating what I've experienced in my own life here. But I found, for me, carbs aren't all the same. When I eat carbs, and I eat carbs every single day, when I eat carbs, I find that naturally occurring carbs, that it comes in its original format, vegetables, fruit, nuts, beans. I don't get any type of blood sugar spike at all. I can eat a big bowl of chili, which is mostly beans the way we make it. It has some meat in there, some good meat. My wife makes it really well. But I can eat a big bowl of chili and I get no blood sugar spike at all. Versus I eat one piece of white bread one single slice of white bread, and I see within 30 minutes, maybe an hour, I see a definitive blood sugar spike. And it can spike 50, 60, 70, 80 points from a single slice of bread. The same thing if I eat one cookie, if I eat a few crackers, or have cereal. When I have highly processed carbs, I see a very high blood sugar spike. And sometimes it's high enough to throw off my average blood sugar reading for the entire day. But when I have a bowl of mixed nuts, when I say a bowl, it's two, three, four ounces of mixed nuts. Or I have a fruit, so let's say a cup of strawberries or something like that. Or I have half a plate full of vegetables, of broccoli, asparagus, whatever. I see no spike in that at all. And I believe from what I understand, it's because when it's bundled with fiber, as in vegetables or fat, as in the nuts, or both as in the beans, that really reduces the effect, the maybe the speed at which it hits your bloodstream. But I don't see a spike at all. But again, with the naked carbs, so to speak, heaven forbid if I drank a Coke or once in a while I have a piece of cake or a piece of pie, but I'll notice then how that affects my blood sugar. So again, food isn't good or bad. Food is food. Now, what I say, is this food helpful in reaching my goals? Is this particular food that I'm considering helpful? And sometimes I know darn well it's not helpful, but you know what? Hey, I want a piece of that cake. So once in a while, I'm going to have that piece of cake. Not every day, not every week even. But I say, is it helpful in reaching my goals? Yes, I go right for it. No, I have to seriously consider if that is something I want to eat and if that is more important than reaching my goals. All right, let's take a look at your questions. Now, it's been a lean week with regards to podcast questions or feedback or input. I haven't received any. What's funny is I'm getting a lot of feedback over on YouTube, and I've gotten several good comments there, no real questions, just comments of encouragement and to keep things going, which I appreciate. 
But feel free to send in your questions or feedback for this podcast if you'd like. Two ways to do it. The first is to send me an email at tom at solvingtype2diabetes.com. I'll get an email. If you'd like, I'll read it on the podcast. Be happy to do that. Maybe send you some links. The other thing you can do is go to the website, solvingtype2diabetes.com, and click on Feedback. And there you just type in your name, your email address, and type in your feedback or your question or whatever. And it also just sends me an email. So either way, I will be able to get in contact with you and get your questions answered. So what is next? For next week, I thought since I started this medication, I should talk about this new medication, Manjaro, in depth. I want to talk about the studies, and I want to talk about the potential side effects, the benefits, those types of things, how you might go about getting in contact with people who offer this medication. And just keep in mind that nothing I say about Manjaro is medical advice or medical expertise. I'm just going to share what I have learned and what I've read about it. And I'm sure I'll be sending some links out with next week's show notes to share what it is that I've read. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Solving Type 2 Diabetes podcast. I hope you found it valuable. Please follow and leave a five-star review as it helps other people find the podcast. By subscribing, you ensure you won't miss the next episode. You can always get a full transcript of the episode at SolvingType2Diabetes.com. There, you will also find the links to leave feedback and links to follow on social media. I'm very interested in hearing from you with comments and suggestions. Thanks very much for listening. Please remember that everything I share is just from my own personal experience and should not be taken as medical or health advice. Please consult your own medical professionals. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only.